Hey. Hey. I'm Phil Circus. And I'm Abbas Idris. And this is... Okay. God, it's worse every time. But I like it. Oh, wait. What, what? Oh, wait. What, 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 what? Oh, wait. Wait. Okay, man. We are really excited. We're very excited. We have a special guest. I'm really excited. Our second guest on OK Land. Our second guest. We've you are you are part of the, the founding guest fathers of OK Land. You're the first. You're the second of very few guests that we've had. Thank you so much, Dara, for coming on OK Land. Um, we we appreciate you, and we are excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Right on. Yeah. So first things first, mm-hmm. Dara M. Wilson. That's right. What a powerful name. What does the M stand for? The M stands for Makeda. Makeda? Uh-huh. Interesting. Makeda. That's cool. Yeah. You are a number of things. You are a, a writer, mm-hmm. right? You are a powerful black woman. Mm-hmm. That's to be noted. Because uh, people can't see us, you know, oh, they can yeah. only hear us. So I want that needs to be acknowledged. I think visibility is important. Um, you're a comedian. We can't afford a visibility. We're a podcast. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm sure. Yes, you're a producer of comedy shows. Yes, you're a solo performer. Yes. Um, tell me, tell me what else? What else? Um, I am a producer of a web series. Nice. And the host of that series. Um, Next Big Thing with Courtney and Dara. Nice. Um, And I am a marketer, nine to five or longer. Very cool. You Uh, just started a new nine to five. I did just start a new nine to five. I'm excited. Oh, that's good. You, you, You said that with a smile. I am cautiously optimistic because I was excited about my last job. mm and that was uh, uh, ill-conceived excitement. Hmm. So, so, so right now, what I'm seeing is basically like honeymoon excitement. I, but I'm trying to keep myself like. <laughs> but I really do. I keep being like, this can't be real. Like everybody's right. really nice. They're trying to fix income inequality, hmm. but like. You're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Because you've been through it before with another right. company. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, I'd say I like, you know, I appreciate your enthusiasm. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. It is 20 minutes walking from my home. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's huge. It's- Keep this mother. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming from a job for the last year that was two hours away from right, my home. Right, right. I know you... You had yeah. limited availability during that time. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, I lived under a rock for an entire year. Um, and so now this is different. And like between that and like new antidepressants, I feel like a new woman. I've got so much energy. Yo, shout out to the to the That's prescription awesome. medications. Hell yeah. Sometimes Hell we need yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to that. Yeah. yeah. It's a new life for me. Good for you. I like it. I feel like I'm in a, a new life too. I feel and like I hear that conversation from you. Yeah. Too. I feel like everyone I know, for some reason, even though like we have the most unhealthy air to breathe in the world mm-hmm. right now, we're all feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think there is truly a desire to feel good too. You know. Um I know for me personally, I'm resisting the like over analysis part of me mm. that is so deeply rooted, the nurture and the nature. 
Um, yeah, I just, I want to feel good. And it's helping a lot. It's helping a lot. Like really, dare I say it, leaning into feeling good, you know? Mm. See, and that's just, it's, it's, it's against my nature. To do that? To be positive. Okay. Yeah. I, like I grew up like really positive and hopeful and it was inadvertently beaten out of me hmm. um, wow. by the world and my parents. Sure. Who were like, oh, you get so disappointed about things. So this is how you gird yourself against a disappointment. But then it like went all the way in the other direction. Mm. And I'm like, nothing's good. Right. I mm. expect nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the state that you feel like you're in now? Right now, I am. Yeah, I can't enjoy this t- honeymoon time at my job fully because all I'm thinking about is three months from now when somebody says something racist to me, am I going to look back at current Dara and be like, you're so dumb for thinking that this place is going to be different mm-hmm. than any other place. But you just can't, you were just smiling a moment ago. Did we unearth? Yeah. But then we started talking about it. We started getting <laughs> real, man. I'm sorry. And that's okay. Right. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. That's uh, okay. And we're with it. I think, um, uh, I think what you're talking about is, is very interesting because it's almost you you don't want you're very aware of this and you don't mm-hmm. want to self-sabotage because you want to make the best of it but still yeah still like I mean, once you, once you've been through hell at a company and had some bad shit go down yeah it's it's still right yeah. there because yeah i mean i've never had a good job so join most of everyone yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. but then yeah. so it feels like delusional to be like oh this is gonna be better because if it is the way that it seems it's perfect and that's like scary to me well i i I, i've learned to really believe in like cautionary optimism Mm -hmm. okay this idea that like things are good right now and they may continue to be good i i think the key for me i find is like being okay with if it doesn't but it's like i don't know living in fear is tough you know what i mean i mean it also is not helpful. It's right? not helpful. It's like not, future not. tripping about yeah. how I'm going to feel about how I feel right now right. does not help me right now. Like I could just enjoy this time right, and right. be happy right now. And who cares about what happens in the future? Cause yeah. I like, I can't know that stuff. Why does this sound no different than talking about relationships? Uh, Cause it's the same it's, psychology. Yeah. We're talking about a professional relationship, an intimate, you know, romantic relationship. Yeah. I think the same rules really apply. This idea that, um, like, I, I have, I am happy, and I like the happiness that I'm feeling right now. And I also want to say the parts of us that are optimistic, I think, are the strengths. I don't think they're the weaknesses. I know that that's how it feels. Because then we're like, oh. You know, I let myself open up and be open and feel good about this thing only to be hurt by it, you know, yeah. later on. But the reality is, like, things should be good all the time. Things should be healthy. And yeah. in pursuit of health, I feel like we should we should honor that and celebrate the fact that, like, you do feel good about it now. And when if if things don't turn out to be as good later on, it's not because you were wrong for wanting it. Right. Blame the situation, not yourself. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's optimism that's really beautiful about us. You know what I mean? And that's really what keeps us afloat. Let's be honest. Um, you just, you know, I, I, this is going to sound trite, but at your job, just go there one day at a time. If you have a good day, 
I mean, I, I mean, basically, the, the the trick of all of this, of all of the stuff, especially the job that you're a little, um, you know, feeling uneasy about the future is, um, is to stop future tripping, like yeah. you were saying when you when you came in. But I'm working yeah. on it. It's yeah. like, but like, like I said, it's just stop doing it. It's no, a it's learned <laughs> behavior, so it's yeah, hard yeah, to yeah, break. Yeah, yeah. No, and see, and that's really key. That right there, Mike, like honor and and appreciate the fact that it is a learned behavior. You know, we are, we've learned to be, you know, for the sake of self-defense, we have, you know what I mean? Or the for the desire to save ourselves, protect ourselves, yeah. we've become a little bit rigid and closed off, but the world doesn't deserve all of our openness too. So it's, 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 yeah, it's a hard balance. It's a hard balance. Yeah. Honestly, man, I've, I feel like I've been hurt by those closest to me and that's a generalization, but still, um, and I was just having a conversation today with my brother before I came over here. He's 16. Shout out to Azam. Um, about not really holding grudges, you know? And he was like, well, how does that, what does that look like in application? He was asking. And I said, when I think about people that have hurt me mm-hmm. and I start to get riled up just with myself, right? Yeah. I have to remember that like, there's no one else here. So I can choose to end this argument in my mind. Right. Like I'm, why suffer, you know? Well, it's it's funny because it, it, when you talk about uh, PTSD and the difference between reliving something and remembering it, that's what it is. Like you're back in that situation when you're doing that argument again, as opposed to internalizing it as a thing that has happened in your life, but not re-experiencing all the emotions and the the feelings of that in the time. Um, Also easier said than done. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you, Dara. Thank you for sharing that. Because that's not easy, what we're talking about. But it's necessary, and I think there's there's humor in it, right? Um, I I I was like downtown a couple weeks ago, and there was this homeless man, and he was like, "Give me money, I'm broken." And then I was like, "Oh, you mean you're broke?" And he's like, "No, I'm broken." Oh no! You know, and then he started laughing, so I started laughing, and I don't yeah. know. I that was the end of the conversation. I kept walking, but uh, I don't know. I felt like it was prolific. Mm. It was prolific. Because there was something empowering about saying prophetic. Uh, what did I say? Prolific. Prolific. Okay. I don't. Th- I know what you're saying, but yeah. I don't think it's either of those things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to judgment from my, my guest and my co-host. Uh, There's no yeah. judgment. Yeah. No it's judgment. not a bad or We're supposed to be thing. building each other up, not breaking each other down. We and uh, we also have to tell each other the truth. No, we don't. No, no, that's a misconception. This can be a place where we just collectively agree to make me feel better, right? Right? Oh my god! I feel like that's a selfless thing to do as a group. A boss, right now, you're representing that company we don't want to work for. (laughs) Uh, That's not true. Uh, No, so so I don't know. I mean. I don't think he's broken. Profound. Profound. Thank you. Yeah. Sounds like. That's why you have a job. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to just oh. almost being ready to oh, sell no. your curls for, <laughs> for rent money. <laughs> sell your locks. Yeah. Not um, for love. That's funny. Uh, no, no. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he, I, I, I felt endearing you know, yeah. I mean, for him to, to say that. It just made me realize, like, use our words, talk about it. And, like, it's, it's funny. Him saying he was broken made me feel like he wasn't broken. Mm. You know, something about that just kind of 
Because I've had certain thoughts. Like I was like, am I broken? Why can I not leave a thought alone? Why am I overanalyzing this thing? Why am I causing myself to suffer twice? And then I just forgive myself for the thought and I try to move forward from it, right? Um, And that really helps. It helps. It helps. I mean, I think it's a practice. Yeah. You know, especially because I don't think we were born this way, right? Like functionally pessimistic for lack of a better description, <laughs> right? I don't, I wasn't born this, I really wasn't. It's something that I definitely developed. But I it, there's also like two sides of you functioning at once because you wouldn't start a podcast if you didn't operate with some level of optimism, yes, right? You wouldn't yes. get out of bed every day if there wasn't something telling you like, everything's going to be fine today. <laughs> Even though there's the other side of you that's like, it's never fine. Why would it be fine? Right. But, you know, one side wins out, you get out. And then the pessimistic side, I think, is the one that once something goes wrong is like, see, I told you. Right. But we, what we don't do is when something goes right, say, see, I told you. I told you. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's just the voice is louder on the other side. Yeah. So I, I mean, it, that's, that's huge. Yeah. That's a good point. Like, I think about things that I thought I would never get through. And I'm at a place now with some of those things where it's like, God, I'm, I'm here, you know. Yeah. I remember getting the call on the phone, like my father passed away. And then later that day, my mom's telling me, like, actually your stepmom and your brother and your aunt, they all died as well. And I was like, what? How did, there's no way. Like, I literally stopped breathing. I remember being in the back of my mom's car and I, I, I was hypervent. I couldn't breathe, mm-hmm. you know. And like, my older brother had to like, he had to like tap me hard on the chest because he's like, you're not breathing. You're not making any noise because I was literally in utter shock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I honestly like had I not used the bathroom already, I probably would have peed myself. Defica- I mean, really, like it was yeah. it's one of those things where I was like, I disappeared for a second. And it's been seven years since then. You know what I mean? November, November 4th um, was, was seven wow. years since I got that call. Um. And since then, I became a parent, raised my brother. I went through a lawsuit. I got divorced, you know, like, and I'm still standing. And you're right. Sometimes the pessimistic mind wakes me up in the middle of the night and was just like, yo, dude, wake up. You know what I mean? You're, you're rested up too much. It's time <laughs> to disrupt that. But other days I win, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like the fight continues, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Plus, I'm beautiful. God, for the, for the folks who can't see me, I am gorgeous. <laughs> You know, and if that's not something to be celebrate, you know what I mean? It's true. And you've got a great owl sweatshirt. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to the owl sweatshirt. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. How are you feeling over there, Phil? Me? Mm-hmm. Other than neglected. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm transfixed by the owl sweatshirt. It's quite a stare coming at me from a boss's chest or with the, two, with the two owl eyes. I'm doing good. I'll, I say I wake up optimistic every day. And I, and I God, have. What is it, that like? What is that like? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't last. Okay. <laughs> it, it fades as the sun sure. rises. Sure. But <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I have always had the optimism, which was like the belief that I don't know what's going to happen because I don't know what could happen. Anything could happen in a day. Yeah. And so that would always excite me. The upbringing, the stuff has, was always so bad. <laughs> that was my fantasy world. It was like a superhero could come crashing through the wall and like something cool could happen. Right. You know, so that still is with me to this day. And that's why I think I'm a morning person. I'm full of ideas and stuff like that. The fact that we're recording this at night, this is bad right now. Because I'm in fear. No, not really. But yeah, no, nighttime is when I feel, I think about all the 
the, the other the stuff. stuff. I relate to what both of you are saying. And I just, for the past few years, have had the habit of letting people know what's going on and getting everything outside of my head. Mm. As I've said in this podcast before, my head container is the worst place for ideas. <laughs> everything everything is catastrophic, what's going on in my head. Yeah. But if, if I write something down, if I call a boss, if I call a friend, if, you know, it's never as bad. And I at least I know that part. Mm-hmm. So when I'm feeling like, oh, my God, this is the worst, at least I kind of know because of practice that there are things I can do. Because I relate to you. I relate to exactly what you said. You got into a situation. You're just like, you know, I'm excited now, but I know what that means. What goes up must come down. I have been practicing, especially for the past couple of years, to to not future trip as much, to to appreciate. You know, I've been yeah. doing all the things that we do here in the Bay Area, the gratitude lists. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at my dog and going, oh, no. <laughs> what's my <laughs> dog? You know. Um, Eating quinoa and stuff. <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck that quinoa shit. (laughs) That's an aggressive grain. But that's why we do podcasts. So we can get together and we can go, hey, Dara, that job's going to be fine. And if it sucks, then you move on to the next thing that's better. Yeah. That's why we do these podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's good to have goals. Achieving those goals makes me feel good. But I just feel like I don't have nearly as much practice at figuring out how to be happy right now. Like I've, I was a very goal oriented kid because that's what was mm-hmm. sort of set up for me. Yeah. Um, but like in terms of like waking up and having a parent be like, how are you feeling today? Like that wasn't. Happiness wasn't part of the equation. No. You were just like, cause what, you, what I learned about you is it seemed like a very intense upbringing yeah. and, a, and a lot of like um, extracurricular like sports and stuff like that. And. I mean, I worry about the kids today who are doing, who are yeah. always like spending all their energy doing that for the parents and right. missing out on their own childhoods. Like a boss started this by listing all my titles. I'm yes. still that person, obviously. Yes. Like as yes. a kid, I was like, oh, I'm in three choirs and I'm in track. Three for- choirs. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what What are the differences between three different choirs? Well, You're like a soprano like, in one, <laughs> a tenor in another. Well, yeah, one is like the gospel choir and at well, school. Yeah, one probably more than three. One is like the gospel choir at church. One is the regular school choir. One is the Philadelphia City Children's Choir, oh, and wow. then like a breakout one from that. That's like a small ensemble. Damn. And a few other ones. Your choir game alone? I'm exhausted. <laughs> See, and that's the thing. So someone hears that and they're like, wow, you're so well, you know, you have these accolades. You're right. Right. You're so well-rounded, right? From the outside looking in, that's simply seen as like, you know, like the, the accolades of someone who's going to become, right? Like, it's like, oh, you've done all these amazing things. And they are amazing. This isn't a matter of like those things being negative things yeah. or even abusive or oppressive things but rather maybe not the things you wanted or the things that reflected your creative imagination necessarily. Maybe. I mean, the besides the gospel choir at church, everything else I wanted to do. Okay. I was also running track 
five or six days a week, wow. uh, which I wanted to do as long as I could do the other stuff. And that wasn't the case. And I was also acting, which I wanted to do. Sure. And writing and blah, 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 all this other stuff. Yeah. So most of it was not foisted upon me. The only thing that was foisted upon me was the thing that took two to three hours every day, almost every day of the week. Sure. <laughs> but then when I had the choice in college, I kept running. And it's been almost... Uh, 10 years now and I still cannot understand why I made that decision (laughs) because everyone makes wrong decisions (laughs) was it the wrong maybe I'm missing something was it the wrong what 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 I'm just like I feel like I'm so introspective about everything and I know I understand my motivations for so many things and this is the one outstanding thing where I'm like I hated running I had asthma I got seriously seriously injured twice every year and was barely able to ever put a season together. And I don't know if I mentioned, I hate running. Did you? Like, run? I don't. Did you run like in college to, run. To, to please your family? I don't think I didn't do anything else in college to please my family. <laughs> right, right. So I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes it I, might have just I wonder been why I do certain things, and that's yeah. that's been my that's another latent life lesson. Like, why am I doing this thing? <laughs> And I've yeah. come to realize I've done so much just because I think it will look good in my family's eyes. Mm. And I don't even have any parents anymore. I'm still trying to do stuff to please them. <laughs> so, th- so what's interesting for me is I actually recently have realized I'll do some stuff in reaction to stuff that my family has said and done. Mm. But I, I, I really like this thing about the running because there are things that I do more internally rather than externally mm. that I'm just like, they're not serving me. No one's asking me to do them. But I've continued. I've been persistent with them. So I think that's really fascinating. This I mean, idea of- I think I started running when I was six or seven years wow. old because it, it also could have just been habit. And I got recruited while I was still running because my parents wanted me to run. So mm-hmm. I feel like that just bled into this other thing. And I was like, well, this coach recruited me. So I have this expectation that I have to do this thing. And the next coach came. And then I met a boy. And that was nice. I think that's what it was. I think it was just like habit. It rolled into it. And then because the reason I call it a mistake is because in retrospect, because I care so much more about performing now and before college, I also cared most about performing. It would make more sense if I had pursued that as my extracurricular in school. Like I feel like I have four years in a place where for better or worse, it does turn out comedy people. There's writers all over the place who are coming out of my school. Which is? Harvard. Yes. Yeah. And so it just feels like a squandered opportunity. Because you know what Harvard's not turning out? Track runners. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't obviously going to college to like become a star runner. That's sure. not what right, that right. was. So it's right. like, what are you doing? <laughs> Racing against the other nerds. I, I mean, I, I studied stuff I didn't want to study because I was worried about like what my parents and everybody was going to think. I was worried about not having the right kind of success. Sure. And now that I'm older and like don't care about any of that stuff yeah. or I'm getting better at not caring about it, I'm like, oh, you should have just you knew what you wanted to do. I knew what I wanted to do 14 years ago. Right. And you should have just walked along that path to do that thing. But I'm fixing it now. Well, I'm trying. Then college reinforced what you're doing right now. For a lot of people, undergrad 
they never wind up doing anything remotely to whatever field of study they're yeah you know they're trying out. It's yeah. it's more like a process of elimination. They go through them like oh, because that that that's the first time in their life they're like looking at whatever they're studying, how that applies to what jobs are in the marketplace, and you know a lot of times it's just like going through a social situation, learning a thought process than the actual field of study. Right. So, right. so I definitely connect with what you're saying, and I appreciate you really talking about that because that's key. That's what this is all about, you know. Yeah, I'm just an open wound. I just get on mic and tell everybody, like, here, look at this scar. <laughs> look at this thing; it's still oozing. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's a gift. <laughs> it is. This is probably the only time you all out there are going to hear the word oozing, and then. That's a gift. That's a gift. Oozing <laughs> is a gift. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Shout out to open source. Now, uh... <laughs> yeah, I, I admire that a lot. I was just having a conversation with the boss, you know, when we talk about the qualities and the performers and comedians and funny people that we know, it's their ability to ooze. Yeah. <laughs> their ability to ooze. I also feel like it's the ability to, uh, I don't want to keep saying ooze, but... <laughs> Yeah. Like mm-hmm. to talk about I'm going to have an ooze meter on this podcast. This is going to be a bell every time it's you say the ooze. <laughs> um, I also think it's the ability to talk about things that other people would be uncomfortable talking about because people value that, but it's not necessarily the stuff that I feel uncomfortable talking about. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? People are like, I can't believe you got up on stage and talked about this thing and that thing and this thing. I'm like, I don't care about that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I... Yeah, it was massively painful, and I have experienced that pain. I'm going to tell you about it. What do you mean? What's the big deal? Yeah. Do you yeah. not walk around telling everybody <laughs> about your ooze? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I usually, if I'm on BART and someone says good morning, I'm just like, yeah, it still hurts. <laughs> you know? <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, so you're just living right there. I'm just like right there in the moment. You're just in it. Someone's like, oh, I haven't had my coffee. And I was like, I haven't had my dreams fulfilled. <laughs> Try to brew that up. I know? think that's probably what people think about me when they're like talking about something random. I'm like, you know, actually the reason for that is because of racism. <laughs> or they'll be like, something, something, something. Like, yeah, actually, usually the times that people think that it's because of sexism. And they're like, ugh. God. I was just talking about blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, but you don't even know what you're talking about. Right. And I can't help myself. <laughs> so when I see somebody being wrong, I, like I have to leap to action. It's a must, right? It's a problem, though. What I love is when people hear that and they're like, God, you're so political. As if there's any state of being that is worthy of being other than conscious and aware and awake. Right. You know? Or I, the one I love is like, oh, I'm not into politics. You know what mm. I mean? Like we're talking about blue cheese. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't do that. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, where do you live? In a state of conscious privilege i was i was gonna say when people say like oh you don't have to make it political it's like i'm not making it political i'm exposing it as political absolutely you get to live a life where you don't have to think about this kind of stuff right no that's real that's real and and what i appreciate is when it's not self-deprecating you know just talking about comedians Mm. now um self-deprecation is like my knee jerk and it's hard for me to get out of it but i do tend to think that i am like I'm not being self-deprecating. I'm being objective, like more objective about myself than most people would be about themselves. Hmm. 
and I'm okay with the things or like maybe I'm not okay with it, but I'm okay talking about whatever the things are. But I do like I can see people get squirmy when they're like, oh, no, she sounds like she doesn't like her belly or like something like what is it? And I'm like, it's fine. Like, I'm not walking around in an invisibility cloak. Like, let's just talk about it. You know, what's interesting is like, in a lot of ways, I feel momentarily inferior to people, like to certain people, right? Like when I'm, as as a man, I'll say this, like I'll see other men and I'm like, oh, they're taller than me. They're more muscular, whatever, right? That We have these moments where it's just like, but socially, when it comes to like engaging and personality wise, I feel like. I feel like the grand wizard of personality. <laughs> oh, my <I> God. <laughs> this evening, I had um, uh, two people come to stay in my Airbnb. This is a good way to be sued, Phil. Okay. I know. I'm not going to say their names. I'll say their names are a boss. <laughs> um, yeah. Clyde. Yeah. And we can, Clyde. And Cloud. And Cloud. McLeod and McLeod. McLeod. Um, but they, um, it was just funny what you just said, because they came here. They were like like six foot tall, like muscular young men. Mm. Like I was almost didn't have enough energy to let them in the door because they were just their youthfulness was overpowering. <laughs> and um, and then they they told me what they were doing because they were wearing their little uh, like a little name tag or something because they have a startup. And they asked me what I did. Oh, I, I said I I uh, produce podcasts mostly. And like really, what, what kind? And I'm like this kind of intersection of social justice and comedy. And then they just kind of looked at me. <laughs> that was it. that was the end that was the end <laughs> they're just like we can't compute that <laughs> i think a lot of people cannot compute that there is an intersection between social justice and comedy yeah like people are very resistant to that and i think it's becoming less and less now as like Hasan minaj and all these people are starting to get a little bit more shine yeah yeah hari and Kamal uh, and yeah. shout out to our friend zara Norbosh. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, field of study is, yeah. is amazing. Yes. And I really want to say, because I definitely haven't earned it, we haven't earned it technically speaking, but just like the, the social currency being in the Bay Area mm. as an artist, I feel like we need to really, if anything, if you ever feel discouraged, remind yourself of where you are and who you are and what you can aspire to be. I, it's really, really inspiring. <laughs> those moments now where i'm just like god i live in a beautiful place that is changing quickly and rapidly but we are still here we still exist here the bay area black bodies it's just it's really really cool yeah it's an amazing time to be an artist so thank you yeah thank you dara for a final thought and thank you dara and wilson okay i guess that's it that's it goodbye goodbye